Matt Hicks, the FF Educator, here with 2023 Rookie Mock Draft 5.0. This mock draft, however, will stand out compared to the first four mock drafts of the year because we are going to be doing it with landing It is going to be a four-round Superflex PPR, no tight end premium mock draft. It's going to give us an opportunity to see how the value of these guys could change depending on elements like draft capital, projected volume. It's going to be a fun one here. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure that you like the video, subscribe to the channel. Most importantly, drop a comment. Let me know not only what landing spots you like and dislike, but also let me know uh, the order. And, and if you are upset, if I'm adjusting it too much, I love to have that discord back and forth. Everybody, now is the time. Head on over to patreon.com slash rookie big board and get in on the action for just $3 a month. You get access to the full rookie big board rankings, over 125 rookies on there right now. Access to the Discord so we can talk fantasy football 24-7. Lots of good stuff. Patreon.com slash rookie big board. All right, let's get into it here. Right off the bat, Bijan Robinson is still the 101. I had him coming off the board to Atlanta at pick eight. So a top 10 selection. Listen, there's a lot of options, folks. The common one is Philadelphia at 10. I will say if he doesn't go off the board in the top 10 picks, which I do expect him to, there's a little bit of a drought in the middle of that first round for teams that could potentially be interested in running back. I understand the NFL has devalued the running back position over the last couple of years, but folks, I'm telling you, Bijan Robinson is that talented. You know, if Saquon Barkley's going top 10, Zeke, Fournette, the president is there for Bijan Robinson to be able to go top 10. All right, this is where things get a little spicy here. Running back two coming off the board for me was Jameer Gibbs. I had him falling to round one, uh, pick 30 here, which I think is very much in his range. I think it's very likely Gibbs sneaks into the back end of day one. And I had him going to Kansas City. So I think with this Kansas City landing spot, it'll get folks excited. We expect CEH to continue to be phased out of that offense. Pacheco has been good, but you know certainly is not the future running back of that franchise. So if you pair him up with Andy Reid, there will probably be some back and forth, right? Will it drop him or will it rise his value? And I actually have his value increasing here because we have a high-octane offense, and Jameer Gibbs could be an excellent addition to that passing game. I think he could see you know, anywhere in the range of 60 to 70 targets as a rookie in that passing attack. So I would really like him in Kansas City. And it allows me that even in this super flex mock draft here, they have two running backs coming off the board first. And it's because of the way the board very well could fall for the quarterbacks. I have CJ Stroud coming off the board at 103 here, landing with Indianapolis at pick four. Bryce Young falling to 104 if he lands in Houston. So Looking at these two situations here, you have C.J. Stroud, who has less questions in terms of his tangibles, right? Uh, in terms of his, his height, his size, he has the ability in this situation to be playing behind a very good offensive line and with some good playmakers with Michael Pittman Jr., 
Uh, Paris Campbell improved a lot this year as a slot option. And then one more option here that we actually have him drafting a little bit later, another rookie uh, for C.J. Stroud to target. Compare that to Bryce Young here, who there's going to be swirling questions about his size. And he's going to be playing in this situation if he's at Houston behind a very poor offensive line. I could absolutely see the consensus fantasy football opinion switching on these two guys. If Stroud lands in Indianapolis, which is a landing spot I like, and remember he's got a, a solid running game too to keep defenses off balance, as opposed to Bryce Young, who I think would really be expected to do a lot of the work right away behind a poor offensive line, really without great weapons to, to help him, right? The rumor is that Brandon Cooks is going to be moving on. And so then you really just have a smattering of unproven guys uh, to be catching balls from Bryce Young. 105 here is Jackson Smith and Jigba. I have him coming off the board around uh, one pick 22. He's not the first wide receiver coming off the board in terms of the NFL draft, but I love the landing spot with the New York Giants. We're talking about a high volume opportunity here. Jackson Smith and Jigba with the New York Giants. I feel confident projecting him over 100 targets, probably closer to the 120 number that we saw Garrett Wilson get this year. Uh, so I really like that opportunity. The question would be touchdowns. What do touchdowns look like in that New York Giants offense? But year two in Brian Dable's offense would just be uh, more confidence building. And that's going to sneak, sneak Jackson Smith and Jigba into the 105 slot here. And then 106 is another quarterback. I have Anthony Richardson coming off the board here at pick nine to the Carolina Panthers. There's a lot of upside here with Anthony Richardson, and I don't feel NFL teams are going to fade away from that athleticism and that big arm ability. Somebody's going to fall in love, and if Anthony Richardson goes off the board as a top 10 selection, I think we're going to see him end up be a top six selection here. I do think he'll still be comfortably behind uh, CJ Stroud and Bryce Young, who would be in a separate tier if the landing spots worked out this way, but I do think Anthony Richardson would clearly be that next best option up. We'll talk about Will Levis a little bit later here in this mock draft. All right, moving on here to pick 107. Another running back coming off the board, running back three coming off the board. It's Zach Evans. I have him coming off the board to Miami at round two, pick 52. Miami has a variety of needs. We've wanted them to invest in running back a few times. We'll see how they navigate the free agency market. But I think there's a clear need to put a final piece on this offense for next season. You have to imagine that that, that Mike McDaniel offense here will be all in next year. They made it to the playoffs. It looks like they're not going to have have two up for the playoffs. You have to think they're going to be ready to reload and really go all in and adding a running back, a talented running back like Zach Evans, who has the ability not only to tear it up in between the tackles, but to also be a good check down option really will give them a dynamic uh, runner here to add into a ready, really fast offense. And I think that that landing spot with Miami, although it's just outside of the top 50, so it'd be a little bit knock on draft capital would be too juicy for the fantasy football community to pass up. All right, 108, Jordan Addison, wide receiver Jacksonville here coming off the board round one, pick 21. I like this uh, landing spot here for Jordan Addison. It is a solid opportunity here to, to be a long-term connection with Trevor Lawrence. Next season, I think we're ready for Trevor Lawrence to really potentially elevate into a top five situation at the quarterback position and paired with Jordan Addison, who would give him a really nice, not only possession wide receiver, but also the ability to stretch downfield. If you look at some of the wide receivers in that Jacksonville offense here, they're going to be rolling off contract wise, but 
having the ability to have Jordan Addison uh, playing opposite of Christian Kirk and then potentially Evan Ingram coming back. It's a really nice compliment here. And Jacksonville, I think, is in the position to add a wide receiver early in the draft. I have Quinton Johnston coming off the board uh, 109 in the rookie mock draft. He was actually the first wide receiver I took. I took him to Tennessee which is a little bit of a fun situation here. I leaned into it a little bit. I can see an NFL team falling in love with the size and his athleticism. And we know that the Tennessee Titans are willing to fall in love with size and athleticism here. They took Traylon Burks last year. I think although they're both big athletic wide receivers, they play much different roles. Quinton Johnston on the outside could give uh, the Titans a little bit more creative freedom with Traylon Burks to move them around the field here. And think about it here, that's now two large uh, versatile targets for their young quarterback and Malik Willis to be able to target here next season. Whether they go with Ryan Tannehill another season, they ultimately need to get Malik Willis an opportunity, right? And it, a large part of, of making a successful young quarterback is building pieces around him that can complement his skill set. So the, the downside, though, right, for a fantasy perspective, he does have higher draft capital than uh, than Addison or JSM, but I could see him sliding here with the volume concerns, the instability at the quarterback position for the Titans. So while I think it could make sense from an NFL perspective, I could see that volatility uh, lowering him among the wide receivers from a fantasy perspective. Michael Mayer, 110 here. I've gone back and forth throughout my mock drafts, putting Mayer at the back end of the first round, the top of the second round. In this mock draft, I have him coming off the board 15 to the Green Bay Packers. The Packers could have gone wide receiver, but I didn't think that they were really going to go in that direction. I think Mayer is a great talent at 15. I think that's pretty much the floor of where he's going to go in the NFL draft. And I could see the Packers wanting to add uh, a young tight end, a safety blanket underneath if they do lose Aaron Rodgers. So the question mark here is, is it Aaron Rodgers? Is it Jordan Love? The upside here is that Michael Mayer should project into some pretty good value. And I think a lot of folks would be talking a couple of years back, looking at Robert Tunyon, how much value he had uh, when he was a highly targeted part of that offense. So we know uh, Green Bay has the ability to target the tight end position. Granted, different scheme, it's a little bit different, but it's not unprecedented if Aaron Rodgers does stay another year. Sean Tucker, 111 here. This would be a nice rise for Sean Tucker if he landed round two, pick 60 with the Carolina Panthers. We've seen the ability of Dante Foreman, Chuba Hubbard at times go absolutely off in this Carolina offense. So you add in a much more talented back here, power back, also fast. Remember, I combined him now with Anthony Richardson, who I took off the board in the first round. So now defenses are really going to be on edge here, trying to scheme against Anthony Richardson, and they may not protect themselves from Sean Tucker, who can absolutely smash you up the middle if you let him. So I think 111 would probably be the floor for Sean Tucker if he did come off the board round two, pick 60 to the Carolina Panthers. The draft capital is a little bit lower than I think some folks want, but I think the landing spot would be worth the wait. And then 112 here, here's a big riser for me on my personal board. Keishon Boutte right now is 17 overall on the rookie big board. But I have him coming off the board, round two, pick 40 to the New Orleans Saints. I found when I was trying to get into the New Orleans front office here, there were a lot of question marks. Quarterback had gone off the board, so I wasn't comfortable with trying to invest in a, in a quarterback. A running back was an option, but it felt like too heavy of a price. So for me, I was looking at that offense, looking at the options there, and although I love Chris Alave, you saw them really struggle to find any other relevant wide receivers right in that offense this year. So adding Keishon Boutte, of course, I'm leaning into that LSU connection a little bit, keeping him home. 
I think he could be a really explosive option. And with top 50 draft capital, I think Boutte would solidify himself in the fantasy community's eyes as a first-round draft pick. All right, going to move through these next rounds a little bit quicker here. 201, Jalen Hyatt, wide receiver uh, to Indianapolis. Jalen Hyatt, a speedy, uh, nice hands, wide receiver out of the University of Tennessee. I have him landing in Indianapolis now. I think he could pair really well as the flanker wide receiver. You put Pittman as the X, you put Campbell in the slot. Now you have uh, Hyatt there on the other side. And I mentioned it earlier, it's C.J. Stroud. We've seen C.J. Stroud be able to hit these fast, athletic wide receivers with nice hands consistently at Ohio State. I think it's the perfect piece to add, and it helps justify that 103 selection for C.J. Stroud as well. 202, Will Levis here, quarterback. I have him coming off the board at the top of the second round to the Las Vegas Raiders here. I just don't see it, folks. I could be wrong. The whole NFL media is telling me he's a top 10 selection. If he is, he is. That's fine. I'll be wrong about it. And I still have time to change my tune. But this is a mock draft in January. And in my mock draft in January, I see Will Levis as much more of a top of the second round type guy. In Las Vegas, passed on quarterback for offensive tackle in my NFL mock draft in the first round. So I'm going to go with Will Levis here at the top of the second a super flex selection. I think it's justified here at the top of the second, but as we've talked about consistently, I'm not drafting Will Levis at the top of the second in the super flex league. 203, Darnell Washington, tight end Cincinnati, because I have Darnell Washington coming off the board in the first round, pick 26 here to the Bengals. I think that'll push his fantasy football value up probably a little bit more than it should, but I really like Darnell Washington. And if you think about how how many touchdowns Washington could rack up in that Cincinnati offense. I could see now Burrow just dropping those touch passes to Darnell Washington in the end zone. For folks who don't know, Washington is 6'7", I believe about 275. And so as a red zone threat, he would just be an absolute monster. I think it makes a lot of sense for Cincinnati too, who likes to run the ball because Washington is more than willing to smash, put his hand in the ground, smash in the run game. So I think it could really help uh, Joe Mixon's fantasy football value maybe stretch out for another year as well. Uh, but we're not talking about that. We're talking about rookies. So let's talk about another one here. Puka Naku, wide receiver out of BYU. Folks know I love Puka. I kind of compare his skill set to Debo Samuel in terms of he's a great wide receiver. BYU used him in a variety of ways, really leaned into his athleticism, gave him handoffs. And the Detroit Lions could really use one more piece. I resisted adding a wide receiver or a tight end in the first round of Detroit. They have a lot of draft capital in the top 50, top 60 picks. So I think I sent uh, three defensive guys to them as a priority because my Detroit Lions fans in the rookie big board discord keep telling me to focus on defense. So I did. But in the second round, I couldn't resist with their fourth pick in the draft. I took Puka. Add him with JMO on the outside here. Add him uh, with um, forgetting about somebody good. I'm on Ross St. Brown in the slot. I knew there was somebody good I was forgetting about. It's a really, really nice compliment. And for Puka's purposes, now he's building in this offense that's now generating a lot of momentum. I think fantasy football players are going to want to start buying into the Detroit Lions offense even more next season. And that handoff ability, that rushing ability gives him an extra element of fun here. Josh Downs, 205. This was a faller. This is one of the biggest fallers. These are the types of things I want to talk about. Josh Downs right now is 11 overall on the rookie big board. He's coming off the board here, some quick mental math with the 17th overall pick. So that's a pretty big drop because I have him coming off the board pick 46 to the New England Patriots. This would make it really debated here, right? Because 
New England was looking at the draft board from my perspective. There wasn't really any of the larger wide receivers left who I think is, is where they would want to target to help complement Jacoby Myers and what they have in Tyquan Thornton. But Josh Downs was there. He's a really great wide receiver. It was a situation where I feel New England would take best player available, which they consistently do. They don't follow, uh, you know, typical drafting protocol here. So I think Downs in that New England offense could be good from an NFL purpose. It may cap his touchdown potential with Mac Jones. It may cap his uh, volume projection, but... Uh, New England has also already come out and said that they're changing offensive coordinators this next year. You know, the failed Matt Patricia Joe Judge experiment is done. So maybe we go back to 2021 Mac Jones, which folks are really excited about. And we land somewhere in between here with Josh Downs at 205. 206, I have Zach Charbonnet running back out of UCLA landing with the Buffalo Bills pick 61 in the second round. So he doesn't get the draft capital, but I think Zach Charbonnet is a fantastic compliment for James Cook. I do think that they could not draft a running back and James Cook could just get more work next year. But I think with Zach Charbonnet, you're getting a powerful back. You're getting a great goal line back. I think it would really knock James Cook status because Charbonnet can also catch the ball, but I think they would just balance each other out really well. And Buffalo, I had them focusing on defense in the first round. So I ability uh, to go ahead and use their second round selection on a little bit of a luxury pick 207 Cedric Tillman wide receiver coming off the board to Chicago uh, Cedric Tillman just fell quite frankly in this mock draft uh, he ends up at 55 with Chicago it's a large target for them I think that works out really well but there's going to be question marks here of Tillman versus Chase Claypool who is technically on the Bears roster I know we keep forgetting about him Cole Komet coming in on his own so right when we talk about the development of these young quarterbacks like trevor lawrence or even go back to josh allen when did josh allen really hit he really hit in his third year when buffalo had built weapons specifically around him i think cedric tillman uh, a boundary guy along the outside here who plays a little bit differently than chase claypool's ability to stretch downfield would be a really nice compliment for what justin fields needs heading into his third year tank bigsby running back here Coming off the board to Chicago a little bit later, they have those consolidated picks. Um, or I'm sorry, it's it's not a little bit later here. That's actually in round three. Um, so yeah, a little bit later. That's the top of round three. Uh, so they have some consolidated picks there. And I think uh, Tank Bigsby really replacing David Montgomery is the thought here. Parker Washington coming off the board 209 in the rookie draft, coming off the board pick 56 in the second round to the Los Angeles Chargers. I would love this. All right. I think a 209 Parker Washington would be a steal if he lands with the Chargers. You can put Parker Washington in the slot, even if Mike Williams comes back. Then you have Williams, Keenan Allen, and Parker Washington just absolutely chewing up out of the slot here. The volume might not be as high. He might be more of a 70 to 75 target guy, but I do think he could do a lot with that volume, a lot with Justin Herbert. Devin Achain, 210, next guy off the board here. Actually have him coming off the board right next to another running back who I think are going to go in pretty similar range. So it's Devin Achain, 210 to the Philadelphia Eagles with pick 63. Kenny McIntosh coming off the board, 211 to the Arizona Cardinals with pick 96. 
Both of these guys, the idea is that they're uh, temporarily complementing, if not replacing the veteran, right? When you get to this point in the draft, it's very rare that you're going to project a running back into clean volume. So you have to try to project down the line. So Devin Achain, I think if they do uh, bring back Miles Sanders on a short contract, can work well with him. Very fast guy, could complement him nicely. Or Kenny McIntosh, I think, works very well with James Cook or I'm sorry, James Conner, and could eventually replace him and be a three-down back for the Arizona Cardinals. And then next up here at 212 is Rashi Rice, the wide receiver for the Las Vegas Raiders. I have him coming off the board round three here to the Raiders. I like Rice. I think he could be a nice piece here, open up some volume opposite of Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro working underneath. And if uh, Las Vegas adds a veteran quarterback through free agency, um, then that could be helpful in the short term. A little bit or a little bit of volatility here with Will Levis, uh, who I think the uh, jury is out on a little bit, who I had Las Vegas take earlier in this draft. All right, round three here. Going to keep moving through. We're going to move a little bit quicker into the third round. Max Duggan, quarterback. I had him taken to the Cardinals in round three, pick 66. This may seem weird, but I think Max Duggan out of TCU is pro-ready in terms of I think he could jump in pretty quickly. And Arizona is going to need somebody to jump in and play right away this season to kind of bridge to Kyler. And so, I, you know, it, it seems like a little bit of a high selection for Max Duggan, and that's why his ADP jumps here or his selection jumps more than I would expect his ADP to be. So that's a little bit of a situation, you know, we can kind of imagine and lean into some volatility there. Marvin Mims coming off the board 302 in the rookie draft to Houston. That could help out Bryce Young. I think they're a really nice pairing. Dontavian Wicks, wide receiver coming off the board around three, pick 94 to the Kansas City Chiefs. Wicks is a big-bodied athletic guy. I think he could really complement what they've got going on there with Kadarius Tony and Nicole Hardman. And so I think Wicks is somebody who could really see his, his draft stock jump if he lands here with the Kansas City Chiefs. Roshan Johnson, running back, coming off the board at 304 to the New York Giants. This is another one, right? We talk about running backs in the mid-rounds. We're looking for projected volume down the road. If the Giants do move on to Saquon Barkley, if they only give him a short-term contract, that's the assumption I'm moving on, right? Say they give Barkley a two-year deal or a three-year deal. Roshan Johnson could be a versatile second running back on that depth chart, ready to fill in if Barkley goes down with injury or ready to take over when Barkley's contract expires. Xavier Hutchinson, wide receiver heading to Baltimore. The Ravens need a big-bodied wide receiver. Hutchinson gives them one that also has some nice athleticism. There's going to be always a little bit of limitation here in that Baltimore offense, how much volume a wide receiver would get. But I do think he'd get a little bit of bump with the draft capital that I gave him, which was back end of round three. At the top of day three, right, round four, I have Chase Brown coming off the board to the Las Vegas Raiders, replacing Josh Jacobs. I imagine the Raiders will move on from Josh Jacobs, add a running back to the draft, also add a veteran running back. So Chase Brown could kind of split the work. Or at the top of the second round, we could see a Michael Carter type value in his rookie year. We could see a Damian Pierce type value in his rookie year. That's that same range. So if Las Vegas uh, does choose to take Chase Brown at the top, I think Brown could be a three down back and he could be somebody here who has a huge season. So at 306 here, he would be a really nice value. 307, I have a Hendon Hooker coming off the board to the Rams. I could see the Rams wanting to try to get somebody to back up Matt Stafford if those injuries continue. And potentially a new coaching staff here, if Sean McVay does move on, would be looking for a quarterback uh, to, to be their own guy in that offense. 
Dalton Kincaid coming off the board in the second round. So Dalton Kincaid, the tight end out of Utah, versatile guy, good pass catcher. He's going to go to the Miami Dolphins here. This is a little bit of a luxury pick. I know they have Gusecki. They don't love Gusecki. I think it's just another weapon for Tua here to navigate the bottom of the field. He's also a, a nice creative piece. And I, and I think that Miami coaching staff would really cherish the creativity, the versatility that comes with Dalton Kincaid. Back-to-back -back tight ends coming off the board here. I have Tucker Craft coming off the board for New England. Again, I do think New England is going to try to build out pieces around Mac Jones, build out pieces here. Tucker Craft coming out of uh, South Dakota State. He is a powerful guy. He's versatile for his size. He's a really nice mid-round tight end to get. I have Eric Gray coming off the board 310 in this mock draft to the Minnesota Vikings. So the idea here is that Eric Gray is taking over the Alexander Madison role with the potential to take over the Dalvin Cook role down the line. 311 Zay Flowers coming off the board to the Dolphins as well. You could say I had some fun with the Dolphins here. Another versatile piece in that offense. Dwayne McBride 312 running back coming off the board to the Texans in the fifth round. I have to say I did this mock draft live, the NFL draft. I did it live. I didn't try to manipulate it. Dwayne McBride fell further than I thought he would. So I had him coming off the board in the fifth round in this mock draft. I think there is a better chance he comes off the board at the back end of day two. It's just the way the draft board fell. But I want to make this point to say I do think Houston is going to be adding at least a running back in free agency and then another running back in day three of the NFL draft. So that is you know very much directed in Damian Pierce's direction. Round four here, Rakeem Jarrett coming off the board. Round four for the NFL to Seattle. At 401, 402, I have Luke Musgrave coming off the board. The tight end out of Oregon State here coming off the board. Uh, round four to Houston. 403, Kendra Miller running back out of TCU heading to New Orleans in the fifth round. I do think Kendra Miller is going later than most folks want. I don't think they'll like the draft capital, but I think they would be excited about the idea of Kendra Miller you know, being potentially the guy to hold over if Alvin Kamara does face a suspension next year or eventually take over for Alvin Kamara or just be that zero running back option there in the New Orleans offense. Deuce Vaughn running back out of Kansas State. Deuce Vaughn is a, a really a twitchy a pass catcher. He's a small, you know, some people would call him a satellite back. I feel like that's a little demeaning for him because he does have the ability to work in between the tackles. If the gaps are opened up, he's explosive. He'll hit the gap. He'll see the gap. He'll hit the gap. But I have him coming off the board here to Denver, round four, top of the fourth, a really, really nice compliment to Javante Williams. So you don't have to fade Javante Williams. I don't think he's a three-down back no matter what. Denver's told us they don't really want to give him more than 60% of the volume, 60 65% of the volume. So I think Deuce Vaughn could compliment him really well without taking away uh, from his fantasy value. Jaden Hazelwood, wide receiver coming off the board here from the University of Arkansas. I have him landing with Atlanta. I didn't have Atlanta taking a wide receiver earlier in the draft. And if they do take one of these guys in the fifth round, they could really step into some volume, right? We've seen there's not really, outside of Drake London, there's not that guy. You know, it's, it's a lot of Olamide uh, Zakakaias, but you could easily replace him out with a young uh, rookie wide receiver like Jaden Hazelwood. Dante Demas Jr., I have heading to the Panthers, round four. I think that could really solidify. You put Dante Demas on the outside, playing opposite of DJ Moore. You, 
you know, bump Terrace Marshall, let him live in that slot a little bit here. You have a really nice wide receiver group to pair for. Remember, I gave him Anthony Richardson earlier. Dante Demas is a big bodied wide receiver. He's a nice target. He's got a large uh, frame. He can extend well for off target passes. And I do think Anthony Richardson is going to need some help here with having extended frames. You look at a guy like DJ Moore, who I like a lot. He doesn't necessarily possess that same ability, right? So Dante Demas could be a really nice pairing for him coming off the board 406. 407, I have tight end Sam Laporta. Uh, Sam Laporta is going to be a little bit more of an NFL tight end. I do think he will catch passes. He could be a red zone guy. I had him coming off the board in the third round to the Tennessee Titans. So he's going to not be as fantasy exciting, but I think the draft capital would get him uh, drafted in a rookie draft at the back end of the fourth. Jaron Hall coming off the board uh, to Washington here at the back end of round three. So again, a little bit later in this rookie draft because I think the idea is that Sam Howell would have a chance. You know, maybe they uh, keep Tyler Heineke on the roster. Maybe they go for free agency and try to bring somebody in. Uh, but in this situation, I could see Washington just trying to add another young quarterback to the room. Uh, 409, Stetson Bennett, quarterback uh, from the national championship, uh, University of Georgia Bulldogs. I have him coming off the board in the fifth round to the Chicago Bears. I could see the Bears wanting to just have Stetson Bennett in the quarterback room. I don't think I would personally draft him still to back end of the fourth round, but there's a lot of this hype around Stetson Bennett coming out right now. So as always with my mock drafts, I wouldn't just, I'm not just reading down how I would re-rank these guys. I'm trying to interpret how the fantasy community would react to these landing spots. Another guy who just fell, quite frankly, 410, Ania Smith, wide receiver. Item land with the Vikings. I think that would be a really fun landing spot, potentially take over a lot of that Adam Thielen volume as he kind of sunsets on his career. But I had him coming off the board in the fifth round. I think that's lower draft capital than Smith is going to get. He's much more likely to go back into the third round, top of the fourth round. Again, I did the mock draft live. And just like it could happen live, guys could fall further than you expect. 4'11", running back Tajay Spears here. I have the Ravens selecting him uh, at the end of the fifth round. I could see him being a nice compliment piece here to J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards. And we know that uh, Baltimore likes to rotate through uh, two to three to four running backs, even on the season. And then 412 here, I have Payne Durham coming off the board. Payne Durham, I think, is actually a really underappreciated guy for fantasy purposes. I think he's got good hands. Purdue didn't give him a ton of volume, but he, he was really efficient with the volume that he got. And he's got a little bit more athleticism than you might expect. I have him finishing off this mock draft here, landing with the Chargers. Uh, I would hate to take targets away from XFL legend Donald Parham Jr., uh, but I think the Chargers could see themselves doing that. And Durham would be a nice red zone guy. So he would have a little bit of that fantasy football upside. So there it is, four rounds, 48 picks here. Uh, just trying to give an idea of how value could change if NFL draft projections change, if draft capital could change uh, as we go through this exercise here. If you do want to see my NFL draft projection, my fantasy football projection, my full rankings, full write-up for over 75 prospects have full evaluations right now on the rookie big board. You can get in on that action at patreon.com slash rookie big board. If you are not in on it now, you're behind, folks. There is no better way to turn around your dynasty roster than to nail your rookie draft, and you could do it for a fantastic value. And you could actually, speaking of value, 15% off now with an annual subscription. Patreon.com slash Rookie Big Board. As always, I appreciate you checking out this episode of the Rookie Big Board. Rookie Big Board.